Bum bum to ladybirds sing the blues. Ladies blurred sings the blues featuring sometimes. And it's Kylie too smart. Too smart. And we got sometimes V. Kylie too smart and sometimes V here hosting and talking about things that matter, things that may not matter, sexual wellness, nerdy, the dirty things, and 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 what else do we talk about (laughs) oh my gosh we are talking about a black excellence always are we not ding 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 yep we usually do well welcome everyone uh thanks for enduring my my cringy cringy intros i am sometimes me you're a gift (laughs) that keeps giving i'm kylie too smart uh it's been a (laughs) sexy i'm so sorry but Speaking of Seki, you know what's been a weird thing that's been happening lately? People online have been calling sexy time as seggy time, and I just want to scream because I didn't realize that was going to come back. It's spelled like S-E-G-G-Y. Yeah, I don't like it. So it's been a seggy, which means a second, but now now I'm getting myself confused with seggy. Let's have some seggy time. Scrambled seggy time. Scrambled seggy time. (laughs) <laughs> wow, because it's bre- it's brekkie time. It's brekkie time. It is brekkie time. It's, it's another early morning episode. Look at us. We're doing great. No, I'm very vibrant Rising, right now with all the lighting. Shining. Yeah. Your hair Actually, looks amazing, oh, by the way. Thanks. It gets better and better. You know, yeah, you know what actually makes this hair look really good? The black roots. <laughs> it does. It's like, ooh, ombre. It makes that blue really pop. It adds depth and dimension. It absolutely does. I really love your Afro puffs. Thank you. I really love them. Straight out the bed. No, we are still rocking that bedhead life. That's okay. I still love your mega throne for whenever we record. Yes. Still pretty jealous about it. I love it. All right, Miss Kylie, how has your week been? My week has been hectic. Um, I feel like this whole month, like, I I went through, like, a surgery, I had, like, bronchitis, I went through, like, a whole bunch of personal drama, and then, like, then there was, like, some extreme ups, mm-hmm. um, more house <laughs> updates, my refinance went through, and... Yeah! Ooh-wee! Yes, indeed! Ooh-wee! <laughs> so now, like, my payments are manageable. <laughs> like, um... I can afford to live in my house now um, and afford to eat. That's great. And also, like, they dropped my uh, interest down to, like, 3% instead of 5%. So I yes, am queen. excited. Yes. Like, that's the way to go. I'm so proud of you. Absolutely. Yes, so and throughout all of this, I've still been studying for school and I got good grades on my last test. So ding dong, baby. That's right. That's right. This is this is the part where I say God is good. God, God is, where, is good. This is where God is good. This is definitely because you work so hard and now you get all these blessings, you know? Blessings, blessings, blessings. Blessings on blessings. Um, my week the focus. Yes. has been also hectic. Um feel like I just don't get a break. Uh, no, it's okay. So a lot of good and things. And people so, want to interview you. I know. 
Um, so, so I was recently interviewed by uh, tr the Trombone Channel, which is a YouTube uh, podcast about trombone players and other shenanigans led by uh, Jack Barrows. So thank you so much, Jack Barrows, for having me on your platform. So we just talked about, um, you know, my sexuality since I was in celebration of pride, um, since I am bisexual. Um, but also, <laughs> but also, uh, we got into just kind of what it was like to be um, a low-income girl learning music in our community. And so, you know, the, the challenges, the blissful, all the things that were super blissful, all the things that were the successes. And so, and then what am I doing now? So it was just really nice for him to dive deep and really challenge the perspective. So thank you, Jack. Like, it's been really great. Um, you guys can find that on the on the trombone channel on YouTube. Uh, so I yes. think I might be one of the most recent interviews there. So go check it out. Um, and what other things? Uh, blah, 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 blah. I just finished some recordings for IHS, um, which is uh, the International Horn Society. Now, I am a trombone player, so I did help uh, those in the chromatic uh, brass collective, uh, you know, do some performance uh, tracks. So they're going to be doing their magic and whipping it all up. And then we're going to have good. we're going to have another virtual concert over at IHS. So I'm excited about that. Hey. Uh, but I'm more excited for uh, the board of that group because they've been really killing it with like, you know, uh, just all the work they've been putting in to make sure that we're getting featured, how they've been growing. So I'm absolutely very proud of everyone in that team. So um, it's going to be good. Um, and those four who want to know more information, just go to chromaticbrasscollective.org or it's chromaticbrass.org. I think it's chromaticbrass.org. I can't remember off the top of my head. I'll double check. But yeah, it, it's, it's just fun. Um, they're a very fun, loving group, and I really appreciate being part of them. So what, that's what's going to be happening. So I'll be featured, well, I'll be supporting for, uh, for, the, uh, for the IHS conference that's happening in August. And last but also not least, um, because I'm always going to have more stuff, is I'm also gearing towards um, the San Jose Jazz Festival. Um, 7th Street is performing. So I've been practicing and like getting my chops back together and chop chops. Um, so we'll be on the main stage on Friday night. So it'll be cool. Um, so yeah, if more information, go to sanjazz.org uh, and then you'll see that we're all lined up and we're, we're gonna be performing like on the same weekend, like I guess we're gonna have, there's gonna be some big names like Common's gonna be there. So, which is cool. <laughs> Like, I didn't oh, realize gosh. Common did jazz festivals, but I think everybody's oh, just, yes. I think everyone's hungry to perform after the the pandemic. And I'm going to call it season one of the pandemic because we still got dun -dun Delta variants. So this is now our season two of like what the pandemic Oh gosh, like. variants. Variants. Oh my God. Have you watched Loki? I know. Have yes, you I watched have. It? Okay. Okay. Good. Like, I, I actually need to finish it. <laughs> two episodes behind like to be fair like um the first few episodes i don't know why it took me like it took me a second to really like get into it but then once i got into it i was like oh my gosh i it's very me and cash were watching it together and then i think we just went our separate ways with it because at some point the 
the fight scene in the third episode, I think, that completely turned us off from wanting to watch it. Like, it was just a really tacky fight scene. And we were like, oh, come on, guys. This way, this it wasn't it, you know? And so that was also the, that was also the episode where we were introduced to the variants at the end, like the multiple variants at the end. So yeah. I didn't go past that because I had to recover from that fight scene. And so... You know, when you see something so cringy that you're like, I don't know if I want to go back to this. I just need to give it some air. Like, it's like a fart. Like, you need to give the fart some air. And then then you can go back to the source that farted, you know? (laughs) That's hilarious. Um, But yeah, um, yeah. my my week's been a whole last, like, preparing for bigger things that's going to happen in, like, the next few weeks. So... I'm excited for it. I'm here for it. Yeah. Um, I can't wait to actually start planning like for cons and stuff. Yeah, we, we have a convention oh, coming up. We're going to go to SAC Anime. SAC Anime. We're going to go to SAC Anime. Which, yeah, speaking are. of conventions, we really need to address that. Like, come on. I think I think we should sandwich this a little bit. So let's talk about so Kylie and I are familiar with doing panels um, about representation and the importance of being seen at panels and as being seen at conventions and just making these discussion at panels. Now, we did a big presentation on how Black people have had to influence the, the inclusivity wave um, in mainstream like anime, gaming, and, and comics. And I often do a panel about um, with all podcasts matter uh, podcasts about TV news politics like you know their whole tagline uh, with Demone no what's his name Vic Demone Jr. <laughs> sorry Vic sorry, sorry Vic and, and it's a, it's definitely an East Bay podcast but it but we used to talk about these things and we bring on different people of different you know colors of life um, you know folks who are in the LGBTQ plus community, those who are also, you know, of different cultures, like, you know, folks who are black, you know, those who are Asian, those who are, you know, Mexican. An actual melting pot. (laughs) Yeah, an actual melting pot. So that way we can bring our discussions to the table. Even those who are also, um, who are disabled, like the disabled community, because, you know, whether disabilities are obvious or hidden, like we need to make sure that there's accommodations happening at these conventions. Cause we, the whole point of a convention is to have a good time, to be like free, actually express your personality that you kind of have to close up in day-to-day society because of jobs or family that thinks that like, you know, the things that you're into are a little weird. Um, and, you know, to overcome maybe any of like the bullying that we probably received as kids for liking these things, like liking anime, liking comics, liking video games. And so um, BlurredCon, which has been a thing that's been happening, um, there was a couple of big uh-ohs that happened at BlurredCon. Um, first of all, so the one of the things that we talk about is having a safe environment and making sure that we're vouching for our folks, right? Now there was a couple, there was an incident that happened at BlurredCon where a woman was stalked. Wait, 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 wait. What? Wait. I was like, Sandwich. One, we gotta get we gotta get good stuff first. I will say, um, if we're talking safety, the one thing I really did appreciate about Blurred Con was that everybody had to have proof of their vaccinations. 
No, I was going to bring that up. (laughs) Stan, would you do a good thing? And then you do the troubles. So there was our one good thing. Maybe I like toast. (laughs) (laughs) Just like, I'm going to roast your good thing first. Continue. Now we had a... let's finish the story because we just you just totally like freaking record scratched on like so a woman got assaulted and then record scratch but vaccinations (laughs) bitch (laughs) vaccinations we'll address that in a second so problematic part here we go (laughs) so a woman was assaulted by somebody outside the convention center luckily enough she had a great community to really vouch for her defend her making sure that she was protected and stuff, um, you know, obviously, like, you know, the officials of BlurredCon, like, th- they weren't, but at least the community members of BlurredCon were able to help her out and make sure that maybe there's, like, some proper, like, follow-up to make sure that that person was not allowed back at that convention. I'm not sure if that's confirmed, but that was the case. Um, and so that's the thing that sucks because, you know, going from, you know, a convention that is is more so, like, like everyone can come, you know, and it's usually run by white people. Like, I mean, let's be real, it's usually run by white people. So they're not really concerned about the safety or anything like that because they're just expecting people to have a good time. Whereas like you go to BlurredCon where you're like, okay, we've been preaching these issues for years. And now we have a space to, as black nerds, to be like the best that we can be and represent ourselves the best that we can. And then there's always some fucking shenanigans that happen. Like don't start fights at a fucking nerd convention. Who the fuck do you think you is? Everyone's just dressed up in their fucking anime garb and you're just showing up shouting at people, shouting like, I miss you. Like I need you back and screaming and all that stuff. And it's like, what, what? Like that's not the time and place. Like figure out another time to do that. That's not acceptable anywhere. Like that's not acceptable in any space. You don't get to show up to where somebody like just because you know someone's gonna be at an event. You don't get to show up and like push your presence upon them, make them feel unsafe, make them feel uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. You don't get to just like push your own agenda. Like I just think it's wild that in this day and age people would still think that you can hide this you know from like a larger platform like people are going to know about this oh it's not just going to be some private incident or some quiet you know disturbance that you are causing on somebody else's life like the blowback is huge i just don't understand like how somebody could be so like warped and self-absorbed yeah, and then and also just like to ruin this experience for like not just the one person you're stalking, but like all like you're harming your own community, like a community yeah, that you're once you show unstable per- support, like. Yeah, once you show like an unstable personality, like then every it's not the one person that you're attacking thinking like I it's only it's only about them, it's only about them. No, it's it's the fact that like you shook everybody and now everyone's on edge because they're like, what are you going to do next? You know? And like, it's sure. Like there is like, it's not like I'm scared of this person, but then it's like, now I have to be on guard to figure out like what this stupid asshole is going to do next and how they're going to disrupt the peace at a convention. Like that's not okay. Cause then everyone's at edge and then like, people are like, Oh, I don't know about this. And then they're going to probably leave early or they're like, I don't know about this. Like, you know, it's, it's a lot of like, okay, like this I, happened yeah. because of your selfish reasons for doing the thing. But then at the same time, because shaking the community like that, you're, you're making, you're driving people away 
and you're 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 putting them on edge and then they're making assumptions of what you might do next and that's not good for anybody like you don't want people to assume what you're doing or like what you're going to do versus you know giving them that space to make those assumptions so that way they better protect themselves i don't know it's just a whole like fucking mess but the woman is okay um i wouldn't doubt that that guy's on the band list now but like yeah it's just like i just um so what are some actions that you think like could have been taken by the con to make it a safer space what what was that i'm sorry i was like so like what do you think um are some of the actions that we should maybe like expect in the future from cons that to make our spaces safer well first of all what like i mentioned before like because conventions can get so big and there's so many people that there's so much that the officials can do in the moment right so but to also i think one thing is like i really liked how like i said the community that went to blurred con they were immediately ready to defend this person so like that was great like they were really into like just ready to defend her secondly there should be a I would assume like, so <clears throat> it's a good way to go about this, but there's should be, there should, always should be security guards, like no matter what. I'm not saying cops, I'm saying security guards. So then that way, those are third party folks who can see what's going on, take the report, report it to the head of that convention to make sure that that person is no longer allowed to show up to that con. But to be preventative, being preventative is really hard um, because yeah. you know when bad things happen, they happen on in the moment. Like it, it's not planned. Like I don't think this person made a big ass announcement saying like I'm gonna go to this convention and scream at this lady. I think it was just like one of those things. Like, said, I think he was like fuck all this shit. I'm gonna go find her because I need to express how I'm feeling. And it's like that's what was one of those things where it was like it was not the time and place. And also that that person needs some fucking help and they need some fucking therapy. Like they need to figure it out. So then that way they know how to help like manage themselves in a more healthier state. Um, But also, um, yeah, like to make sure that there is within the conduct, the code of conduct that it says like this type of behavior is not tolerable and that you're going to be put on the ban list and that you're not allowed to come in here. Conventions are a business. Like you do not have to serve that person to come in. Like, so a couple of things that Fanime does do, which I will take a, as an example from them is like, you know, if anybody is not supposed to be at the convention or they don't have tickets, um, there is kind mm-hmm. of like a bottleneck entrance where if you walk in in the main like plaza area, that's fine. But like, if you walk in where you have to get your badge checked, like you have to get your badge checked before actually going up to the main like features, like the like the stage zero and the artist alley and the dealer's hall and stuff like that. Um, that's one way. But then it's like, what do we do when there's things that are happening that are extension of the convention, but not really part of the convention, right? So like, what if I'm just like walking home in my cosplay and someone's screaming and yelling at me, you know, like, yeah, I was an attendee of that convention, but not necessarily this happened at the convention. Um, so I don't think it's like, you know, after kind of talking about this, this is not really a blurred con issue because again, we weren't there. We didn't see what happened, Yeah. but because it was an extension of blurred con that this person knew that this person was at blurred con and that they went out of their way to go to blurred con to find this person 
it's kind of an extension of BlurredCon. And so like in a way, the convention should do something to make a statement like this, that this behavior is not tolerable, like for you to go out of your way to go to a place to not only endanger the, the one particular person, but to endanger the rest of the community is not okay. Like that's basically what it yeah. is. I'm, I think like they're already making changes. And like, first of all, it's like COVID has happened and we haven't had, you know, yeah people getting together and it's like human beings are unpredictable anyway but I think um they weren't necessarily like ready for the outpouring of people that were just like needing that space and needing mm -hmm. all that energy to go someplace I think next year that they'll probably be um way more prepared in terms of like the security and having people like representing them Mm -hmm. um, in that way and in, in a lot more public spaces um but other than that what were so let's I go actually like, to the vaccination policy like, yeah, you hope <laughs> so i did appreciate that even so i did sign up to volunteer for blurred con i just couldn't fly out it was just bad timing with like work yeah, and was, convention yeah, like even though i tried to like plan ahead it was just bad timing for me um and also like i was i'm still not feeling confident to be in the those big of spaces yet because we're all just freshly vaccinated. But I know in the county where I live, like the numbers, right? Whereas like, I don't know the numbers across the United States. And so I, I was feeling a little, like a little, like, um, I, I wasn't confident in like how well people were gonna follow the vaccination policy or what was mandated by their counties, mandated by their state. And also, you know, What's really nice is that businesses can say, if you walk into my business, you can wear, you need to wear a mask. You need to wear a mask, you need to be masked and you need to show a vaccine or your vaccine vaccination card. And just as long as it doesn't violate with the state guidelines that they're allowed to do that. Um, however, with, you know, with the nonsense of people just buying vaccine cards and signing them themselves and, <laughs> And all that stuff. So I was just like, I, I'm not ready. Maybe next year. So I sent them a kind email saying, like, hey guys, I'm not ready to come out there yet. And I did explain why. I was just like, I'm not ready. But next year I would love to volunteer. I would love to fly from California to to that to just make it work. So um that was one thing. So yes. but I did appreciate that that there was an Instagram post that went out like I think a couple a week or so like before the convention and said, what did it say? <laughs> I was fucking dying. Like I actually sent it to the Mag to the Mag West folks and they were laughing too because it was so straight to the point and it just actually really reassured that they were taking measures to make sure that folks were safe. Um, but where is it? It was where is it? Where is it? Where is it? Oh. <laughs> to those who've been hoping for the blurred con to drop our vax mandate, your wait is over. The answer is no. I was no. <laughs> my name is no. <laughs> dead ass. They go. <laughs> it was dead ass. Like that's how you tell people like fuck off. Like we're keep we're gonna keep we're gonna do our part to keep people safe. Uh, whatever your agenda is, sure, take off that mask. But do you want to be kicked out? Sure. I mean, waste all that money to get that ticket or waste all that money to all that travel just to violate a mask mandate. Like, it's just, it's not that hard. Like, just wear the mask. It's not that hard. Like, just, uh. Oh, I was just like, 
plan your cosplay. <laughs> Get your mask on. I'm you know sure, I mean? sure um, there's a lot of Katana mask, uh, cosplayers there. Uh, you know, cause like, Katana. It was great. I don't know about you, but Alina. like it really did. Even though I wasn't there because I follow so many people, like people were great about like posting photos and like going on live. And like, it felt like I was, you know, watching BlurCon like in real time. And so there was, there were a lot of things um, that, were exciting to me like I love seeing everybody's cosplays like were incredible um panels I got to see um did you get to see any panels I got to see maybe Montel's panel so the thing is I didn't see anything because of all the stuff that I've been trying to get together she's like I've been busy having a life so no no I just been busy like, doing all the music stuff on the side. It's nothing personal. I love everyone, but I just couldn't see it. <laughs> oh, like, no. Our girl Afro had her first um, live performance. Hinata isn't black. Hinata isn't black. Yeah. Oh, also, like a lot of the a lot of the Docast and Drive like folks that I've interviewed, like I think Mark Cooper had a performance. Paris Paris uh-huh. Testament had a performance. Uh, uh-huh. Who else had a performance? Uh, uh, oh my gosh, I'm like blinking. But it's a lot. Oh, Breakfast System had a performance. I was like, yes, like I'm so glad to see that everyone was having these performances. But I also heard it was hella hot out there. Like everyone was like literally moments away from having a heat stroke. And I'm like, oh my Dying. god. So maybe that's one thing that they should probably change is making sure that there's some place where there's AC and ventilation, so then that way people like, can perform in a safe free manner. Shave ice. Yeah. Yeah, so that's one thing I should probably change because all the stories are saying it's hot, it's too hot, it's way too hot. I'm like, oh my god, they're all gonna die. <laughs> they're all gonna die. They're all melting inside of their like twenty layers of foam armor. <laughs> right, right. Oh, the Yellow Ranger was at BlurredCon too. Aisha, yeah. I was like, yes, queen, oh my yes, like saber tooth tiger, bitch, like I'm ready. <laughs> <laughs> that was my Power Ranger growing up. I loved the Yellow Ranger. That that was my girl. Aisha was my girl. I loved her so much. I always think the villains. <laughs> oh my god! What is the guy with the gold wings name again? Rita, crazy Rita. What? Crazy Rita. I like um you know crazy woman with her little. Oh, with her whole like. I think yeah, that was like, I think that I was Rita. That headpiece. Like, yeah, what's her name? Her name was like Crazy Rita. I think that's what her and name And she is. has like the nails and like the cackle and her insane makeup. Yes. What was her name? I'm like, what was her name? Rita Power Rangers? Like, what was her name? Oh, Rita Repulsa. Rita Repulsa. That's what it was. <laughs> I kept saying Crazy Rita. Crazy Rita. I feel like it, it fits. It's fine. Yeah, I really liked how um, in the in the Power Rangers movie that um, the guy who played as uh, as Freddy Krueger he was also the he was also Ivan Ooze. I think honestly, yeah. Ivan Ooze deserves an Oscar because that was the best <laughs> cringy performance in the world. I loved Ivan Ooze; like he's so memorable. I really hope that like. I, I want a remaster of that movie. I think there is already a remaster of that movie, but I think we need to have a remaster of that movie. Can we remaster it? Yeah. Like, what is it? I have an ooze. <laughs> have it you not? It just be like Final Fantasy VII over and over and over again. 
you know, Power Rangers is an opera, basically. So it's just like, what rendition do you want today? Do you want them driving cars? Do you want them driving dinosaurs? What do you want today? <laughs> yeah, we want the Robotech ones. Oh my gosh. Style. All right. So BlurredCon did slip up, unfortunately. Um, but they are trying to do some damage control. So we'll give them that. They have been doing damage control. I'm going to call it damage control because they should have known better. Like, so... Going back to my statements on doing these panels about finding space for us to express the way that we can express ourselves, right? Blurred con, blurred nerd, black nerd, blurred. Uh, so you would think like in representation, basically blurred con should be like, like a Juneteenth festival of being nerdy, you know? I'm not saying replace Juneteenth. I'm saying a Juneteenth festival. We all know what we're talking about and we all know the difference. Because... <laughs> You know, that it'd be popping in East Palo Alto with the, the Juneteenth festivals. I love them. Uh, but anywho, going back to BlurredCon, um, yeah, it should be a festival to appreciate all the Blackness in nerds, you know, just to appreciate and to highlight us. And yet, at the cosplay contest, um, I'll leave her on name because I'm sure she's already received a bunch of, like, you know, all of it. But... She basically won the contest and their excuse for her winning the contest was all the technicality in her, in her cosplay. And, you know, first of all, the, the, here's all the arguments. First of all, she should never like barged her way into that space. Like that was argument number one. Like she should have known better. That I, I don't was... think you let them know what the problem was yet. Oh yeah. No, Joe, I'm getting there. <laughs> the suspense is killing me. I know. And then another thing is like, you know, if you have a cosmetic contest, sure, you can let other folks from different strokes of life participate, but you know, don't pick a white woman to be the leading winner of this contest. But also there is history of this contest happening that white women or white people have been winning this contest for years. And so like, you know, based off what the Congors have been saying, they're like, yeah, sure. Like, don't get me wrong. Like we can have multiple winners, but why after the whole pandemic, but also historically wise, why are white people winning our contest? A place where we should be highlighted, a place where we should be celebrated. And so, you know, the, the, the reasoning for this was like the technicality and the cosplay that it was very advanced, but then like, you know, of course, Twitter brings it out. Twitter's like, so the technicality of her suit, really? And so they showed all these other cosplayers from BlurredCon, whether if they participated or not, with all these technicalities of how well that they did their costumes, like how advanced it looked, how much time that they that they spent to make something work out with like, you know, the specifics of their hair, their like the mechs that they have on their backs to the, even the basic construction of like a costume that doesn't seem functionally correct on a body, but they made it functionally correct on a body. Whereas this white woman was Cardcaptor Sakura. And I hate to say it, but it was very like, there was a bonnet. It was, basic. It was very basic. Yeah, there was a was bonnet. There was basic. a wig there, and, and there was like just a dress and there was a bunch of like little frilly stuff underneath the dress, which said I'm card captor Sakura with her little like card captor wand. So 
I mean, if she if she wanted to be more technical, it would have been really cool to see like some of the cards like you know rotate around her body somehow. That would have been cool. It would have been cool if like maybe the wand was flashy. That would have been cool. But the only picture I see is a very basic picture of like it was just like I'm wearing this dress. Sure, it was probably hemmed to the specifics of my body, um, but it wasn't anything as particular as like you know the other cosplays that I've seen in a bunch of Twitter threads of like you know one girl had like literally like this. I'm not sure which anime it was from but it was like this mechanic of like of like this thing behind her back and she, I can think she had like maybe twine or something keeping it up so then that way she can walk with it and so I thought that was really cool and then there was also someone who was Aurora Monroe with the white mohawk or white yellowish mohawk with the white contacts you know make and it looked so like just to get the hair the way that do the, the way that it did like that took some time and like how like legit to the character she looked so i don't know it i mean was just... i think a, a lot of issues were um around like the scoring and like the grading as well because like a mm -hmm. certain percentage of your costume had to be like handmade and so there were like like you said all these incredible cosplays but they for some reason didn't make the cut and so that was another complaint where there was just like, you know, this contest, um, the guidelines like are really strict for some reason. And then also like they don't have different um, like genres, which I feel would have probably alleviated some of the pressure mm -hmm. off of the fact that there is only one winner. And because there is only one winner, then the representation matters even more. So if you only have one option, mm -hmm. right? So it's like, why not make multiple categories so you could have multiple winners and thusly give us more representation because all of these things, especially when they're getting like extra technical are like super niche. You know what I mean? You're going to have people who are like in costume design and who are like talking about utilizing specific types of stitches and like specific type of material that is like so far in depth. And I, honestly, I don't feel it's necessarily um, as accessible um, as it is to like, yeah. especially people who are just coming to this um, space and coming to this like arena of creativity. Like I, I would hate to come to a con and like have put all of this time and effort into making such a great costume and then just to be told like, oh, like you didn't hand make that. Like, oh, you didn't like put all that electrical stuff together yourself. Like, oh, are you even a real fan? It seems real gatekeepy to me. You, yeah, I'm looking at the guidelines right now. It says, we want 80% of your costume to be made by you, but don't worry, modification of purchase items is allowed. The judges know what they are looking for and what they want to see. Okay, serious question, how to become the Blurred Con cosplay champion? And they reiterated again, this one is easy. You need to have made 80% of your costume. We know that store-bought costumes and commissioned costumes show just as much love for the character that you're cosplaying, but the place of the champion must go to the person who is embodiment of, is not only an embodiment of their character, but also cosplay showcase the level of skill that they put into their costume. This year, we are so, focusing heavily on the quality of completed work as a whole, from top knot to boot cover. So this isn't fair, because like like you're, you're saying, like people will ask other folks to help modify their costumes like when i did my dragon ball z point, costume you yeah. have to be like a professional <laughs> you know what i mean yeah like, and the person that they actually chose um later like she that, like she has a bachelor's in costume design you know what i mean <laughs> like this is her shit this is her bread and butter so um i just i think it's um 
I don't want to say like pretentious. I feel like it is uh, at a certain point, a little pretentious, but just maybe like there's a time and place and like have, have some categories just to make it a little more accessible and to give us a little more um, range and, and representation, a little more opportunities to show off the creativity because not all of us are skilled with a sewing machine, but we could, you know, piece together a great costume and make it feel original and modify all these things and still have like a wonderful expression that's true to the character. It doesn't mean that you don't love your character as much as someone who has the capability to like full on knit a costume or like, you know what I mean? Yeah, no. And, and I think, yeah, it, it's just, it's just weird because like to say 80%, like, don't get me wrong. Like if you're straight up, like, Hey, I had this costume, you wear it for, for this convention. Like that's, that's fine. And like, I understand like they, maybe they just want to make sure that the person who wins is the person who worked the hardest on their, on their costume. That's fine. But there should be more metrics than that. Like there should be like metrics of like originality, like you're, like you were mentioning before originality, like flashy things, like what do they do to modify best modification maybe of a store-bought item? Like, you know, cause that's still categories. We yeah, have just, options. Like let's have fun with it. Yeah. Let's have fun with it. But to just slowly, like, just like say 80%, like, dude, I know. So I know even for myself, that when I did my cosplay for Fanime and I was Gogeta, um, no, I was Vegito. Sorry, there's a difference. Even though it's the same thing, they're fused. They're fused. Um, uh, that at some point, I there was one part of the costume that I couldn't get correct, and it was the sash that he, that I was wearing. And so I actually had to reach out to my homegirl Caitlin and say, "Hey, I need help humming this and making a sash." And she goes, "I got you. I'll give. I'll have it done in like five days." And so she did that for me. Uh, but the rest of the costume was basically like done by me, where it's like I had the pants, I had the vest, I had the shirt underneath, um, and they were. It wasn't like. I didn't sew a shirt. I just store bought a shirt and said that this was part of it. And like, same thing with, with the, um, with the shoes. Like I had the shoes, I didn't make the shoes, but I bought the shoes and I modified it, the shoes to make them look like Saiyan boots. Um, but yeah, it's just so crazy. Cause it's like, how much of 80% of the work are you really saying? Are you saying like the person got like a sheet of fabric and said, let's go, we're going to do this. Or did I like grab a bunch of like different ingredients and modified them and then put them together. So like, what does that mean? You know, like I would We're be like, we want you to nurture the silkworms. Feed <laughs> them the correct. <laughs> oh my God. Yes. To uh, weave the fabric. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Work at the textile. <laughs> collect, collect the polyester. Collect have your own factory of where like, you know, have your own, have your own grandmother to be there to tell you what to do, but she's not allowed to put her hands on it, you know, <laughs> like, oh boy. So yeah, that happened. And so the damage control is basically that they, they reselected their winner. Um, and here's also the weird thing about the winning process that the process, the winner would actually get tickets to, I think it was DreamCon which is another convention. And so it was like, whoever is the winner gets free tickets. And I, I can't remember what the other amenities were, but like you get free tickets to another convention. So it was like a streamline, a partnership with another convention. So that winner can go to that one. So it's like, 
people were asking a lot of questions like, so you guys chose a white woman to go to this question, to go to this convention to represent BlurredCon because she has the free ticket. So that's a little weird. Why would you send a white woman on behalf of BlurredCon? And I'm not saying behalf of BlurredCon that she is now the BlurredCon, um, what is it called? Not influencer, not branding agent whatever but you would send her and they would she would just say like oh i got these free tickets from BlurredCon. i won them from BlurredCon." and then someone's just gonna have like like math equations around their head going like wait but are you what like <laughs> i don't want to assume is your are you just are you like a quarter are your grandparents, uh, you know, like, it's just, it, like, you know, and it's just kind of rude to always ask, like, what the person's race is, but like, you know, whatever, like, you show up and like, you know, this is something that's out of our control, like, you, you can tell, you can literally tell, yeah. so it's uh, just, when, and I think it's funny, so like, um, the woman, we'll just reference her as King, because I think that's part of her, her handle, um, like she did, uh, you know, apologize and, you know, say that she had recognized now, like, that she probably should not have entered into that contest, that it just wasn't the space for her because she has the privilege of going into any of these other cons. And, you know, it's like if a Black person were to enter, and oftentimes when they do enter, if their costumes are not like the most immaculate, then they just don't have a chance. Someone whose costume, I won't say lesser, but like you could tell like someone whose costume that maybe they didn't put as much effort or didn't have as much talent would win over them. And so it's like, that's why these spaces are important. And so she did, you know, she did recognize that. And I just um, also, she said that like one of her friends who was black had encouraged her to enter this contest. I just want to be like, stop, okay, stop. Because just because someone is cool with you and it's like, you know them on a personal level, it's different, um, you know, representing and speaking out. And so I was just like, I feel like her friend did her dirty. <laughs> Your friend set you up, girl. <laughs> like, that wasn't cool. It's yeah, kind of like the people who are like, oh, yeah, no, I'm cool with John. Like, he gets the end pass, but it's like, not for everybody. Like, you get your ass whooped. Like, no not in a communal space you can keep that in your personal relationships well this like, is also an echo of what happened to the nun like joshua incident where he he applied for a black program and then at you know he started saying in his twitter comments like my uh, my friends who were black told me to apply for this program and we're like look past like you know and don't get me wrong jo nun like joshua did, did learn his lesson he learned his lesson like he he's knows to not do that again whatever but the whole thing is like if you recognize that you're going into a space that's supposed to celebrate a specific culture or a specific like group of people don't insert your shit in there thinking that it's it's okay for you to do that like stay like go to another convention and do that like if the convention's a general convention like comic-con go to comic-con participate in all the things whatever like comic-con is not centralized in celebrating like one one particular culture but blurred con is and so it's like the whole thing with saying like my, my black friends told me to do it it's like okay where are they where are they 
have him step up to the plate and say, like, I told her to do this, my B. Like, but we didn't see that. My bad. <laughs> like, where is it? Where I don't see it. Like, I feel like it's that TikTok music. Where are they? But where are they? Who told you? You know what I'm saying? So like, yeah, it's just like, don't, don't blame it on your friend when you as an individual person, person should really be like, create your own insights, like be insightful and just look at the situation being like, oh, this ain't for me. And then back out like, geez. So, but yeah, I, I'm, I'm okay with them choosing a new winner. I'm okay. Yes. Like I, and she's great. She's the new winner is adorable. She's yeah, a great ambassador. Her, her name's Kiwi, which how do you not love that? <laughs> so um, apparently she's been cosplaying since like 2008. And like I said, she has a bachelor's um, in fashion and like textiles. And so it's like, oh, um, they also like spend a lot of time uh, like proving that they're legit nerds too, which I think is kind of funny. Mm-hmm. You know, they're like, oh, she has an extensive anime collection. They give you all the like background information which I feel like also goes into like it's not just about the costume you know it is who you are as well Mm -hmm. so I I think um, they did a great job in recovering from that fumble and I look forward to next year seeing the changes that they make yeah I'm okay (laughs) I think I, I say this as like, it's not like a 2009 mistake. It's not like a 1994 mistake. This was like a straight up 2021 mistake after all of the things considering Black Lives Matter, all of the protesting, all of the different panels that have happened and have emerged since 2017. And then like the person who's putting on this or the whoever was putting on the the uh, the contest said I just, well i just hope they all lives matter let's go yeah. you know all costumes matter and they really did like bro there were some statements out there where i was just like no guys stop don't do that don't say that yeah but yeah i'm okay like but like i said if room for improvement it's like coffee there's room for cream uh, so cream and sugar <laughs> So you're, 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 I, I am also very much so like, I would hope that, yeah, you learned your lesson, but God damn, like, like read the room, read the room. But anyway, um, they'll probably find me there next year anyway, unless I get banned based off of this conversation. They'll probably like you. Oh, God. So like, they nice. can't ban us. Uncle Navy, Uncle Navy, don't let them ban us. Bro, like, <laughs> I just love seeing everybody out there. Like all these people, like, hey, I know you. I know you from online. Look, you're you're meeting in real life. It's so exciting. Yeah, I did have severe FOMO like while it was happening that weekend. I was sad that Breakfast System, Mark Cooper, and the Prowess was there, and I was like, ah, uh, uh, these are these are the homies. These are the homies. Like I interact with you guys daily. Yeah, I know. All right. Well, moving along. Yes. Um. So, let's talk about nerdy and dirty, but not really nerdy and dirty, more like informational and educational on sexual health. The Uterus Chronicles featuring Kylie T. Smart. She has some news about her developments.
um, one of the reasons why we had a, had such a long break was because I had surgery on my uterus. Um, they did a dilation and couturage, which sounds a lot cuter than they scraped my uterus out like uh, <laughs> a melon. Uh, uh, no. Uh, um, so I know how that feels. <laughs> like not like I just. Yes. When they um, went into me and did that biopsy for me, which I had to be awake for, and it was only 30 seconds, it was the most painful 30 seconds I've ever had in my life. But go on, Kylie. <laughs> yes, yeah, so luckily I, I was out. They put me all the way out, 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 out. Um, um, so uh, this procedure, basically they go in and they um, try to remove excess materials um, or if you need a biopsy, or if you have fibroids or something, you know, um, it's kind of like a hard reset button for your uterus. They're hoping that that will help with um, my, manage my bleeding. So with my PCOS, because my hormones are so out of whack and because I don't actually release my eggs from my ovaries, my feedback system of, oh, here you build up your uterine balls and then you know, you're supposed to have your egg release. And then if nothing happens, there's no fertilization, they flush it all away, right? Well, my eggs never get released. So my walls just keep building and building and building and then tearing and bleeding and horrible, terrible things happen. And it's just constant. So they're hoping that by doing the couturage and by doing the scraping that it will much so we'll see so far it's been working um the cramping has been um i'll say constant but mild you know it's like a not debilitating i can still walk around i do find um like it's only been a few weeks we're coming what this now it's like the third week um where i was like able to walk around but i'll get tired really fast and just be like, all right, I'll be laid out. Mm -hmm. um, now I can pretty much do all the same activities that I was doing before. Um, but I still feel like I'm recovering. Like I still feel like tender, a little tender in the middle. Like, ugh. Or if I sit like a certain way. Also, I got um, an IUD. And I still have questions for my doctor about that, actually. Uh, when we have the follow-up because I feel like so when they put the IUD in it's like the little T and it has like strands that actually are supposed to extend past your cervix I feel like my strands are just way too long I feel like maybe they just were supposed to snip them and never did I don't know uh, so we're gonna look I love your face <laughs> welcome to the nerdy and dirty segment where it's really just you guys get to know what's happening inside of my vulva <laughs> Check out my cervix. It's got strings. I, I feel like Woody. Like, there's a snake in my boot. <laughs> I am tired of you, <laughs> bitch. Like, what? Oh my god. Yes. Um, that might be the favorite, <laughs> favorite thing I've ever said on this podcast. Oh my god. Oh, yes. oh no. I'm I'm <laughs> you have sayings. The struggle. 
Sorry, my my virtual makeup keeps glitching, so people are probably noticing that. Um, yeah, I'm wearing virtual makeup. I know I cheated. I didn't have time to put actual makeup on, but every face expression I make, like it keeps like like glitching. So like I'm 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 uh, boggled. <laughs> we need to have like a highly too smart saying, like. There's a snake in my boot. Oh, but they're doing so well. Oodles and noodles. Like, <laughs> I love that these are my sayings. They're doing so well. <laughs> you are the fluffy, the fluffy oh. cotton candy of this podcast. I will say that. Yes. <laughs> like, as I wear like my Disney villains dress, it's great. Oh, it's okay. I'm all in pink right now, and that's the, that's very much the opposite of what's going on here. <laughs> the vibe. It's the whole thing. They should get to know already. Um. So yeah. Uh. That is <laughs> my sexual baldness update. Um. So ladies, if you're having excessive bleeding, please go to your doctor. Um. And <laughs> discuss this as an option. Um. Discuss the IEDs. I like. I was kind of surprised um, how like nonchalant that people are about IUDs now because I don't know, maybe like they just weren't as popular when I was growing up as an option. And I think now maybe they just are a little more like blase about it. But I was like, you're going to do what, where, put what, where, and it's going to do what? So like, I'm still not sure um, how I feel about it. No, I'm the same way when I, before they, cause I, I have one too. Um, before they put one in me, I was terrified, like absolutely terrified. Cause I've heard all the stories. I remember one girl in college, like, like she said she was like, not, she wasn't hemorrhaging, but like she was literally in the bathroom, like cradled in like a U because yeah. like something was going on. And when they finally went into her system, they saw that the IOD went, went from a T to like a crumple. And oh. so, yeah, so uh, that's what happened to her. So like, I hear all these like nightmares about IUDs. And so like, I was like skeptical about getting one, but you know, my cramping one on my red cycle would be so bad that I was like, okay, we need to figure something out. Cause I used to be able on my first day, to do whatever, like I would just pop in a couple Advils, call it a day, but now that I'm allergic to Advil, and then also, you know, I have to endure the first day cramps. The first day cramps have gotten severely worse every year since then. And so I would be on my first day, just like really like looking clammy and just like, I can't move to like now every Monday is whenever I, there's a Monday or not a Monday, sorry, every time that there was a it was my first day. It was during the day of like my work week. I would have to call it off because I couldn't, yeah. I would have, I would have a four hour window before the cramps actually hit their peak. And then I'm out for the rest of the day. Like, so now that I have this IUD, I don't get a lot of bleeding anymore. And I also don't have cramping. Like I used to, I get like a surge of cramping for like 30, less than 30 minutes. And then it's over. And it's nice. always, like, um, I'm waiting to see what my cycles are actually going to be like because the surgery, the nature of the surgery is what it is. Like you're healing and that blood has to go somewhere. So it's like, I'm just going to be spotting and bleeding for a while. 
Yeah. Um, so I'm not sure like when I'll actually have an idea of what a full cycle looks like, but so far, um, it's like compared I'm to so... how I was bleeding before, this is like a miracle. Like people, I don't think you understand. Like I was bleeding constantly, constantly, and like massive amounts of blood. Like I had to take probably like three to four times like the iron that's recommended for someone to take on the daily just because I was bleeding so much like having to drink gallons of water just to replenish my fluids like ridiculous pain um passing clots like the size of my fingers like I have big hands too like these are not dainty little lady fingers yeah no I hear um, it, dude. So I'm so excited for you yeah, I'm so excited for you. I'm I'm excited to see how this develops because I remember seeing you sometimes even during our days when we're planning where you're like, I'm going through it. I'm dying. And you're like, Excuse yeah, me. we're good. Not to we're going through it. And I'm like, baby, oh my God. baby. Um, stop it. Stop it. <laughs> Oh my God. Okay. So moving along with uh, just nerdy, uh, we wanted to kind of talk about uh, this woman who actually has gotten like, it's the cutest thing. A woman got so pure, gets two world records for her vast vintage gaming collection. And this was featured on Kotaku. Um, like basically her name is basically her name is Linda uh, Glory. And it sounds like that she has been collecting handheld gaming systems since she was eight years old. Um, and it's amazing. Like she's this black woman who just has this huge appreciation for all these games. Like she has all these like tabletop like machines and like, you know, she has Pac-Man to Qbert to like, she probably has like, you know, um all the classic football games and all the classic like little shooters like galaga galaga that's what it's called galaga i really wanted to say caligula and that is not it that's not it at all yeah but it's so adorable so like she she uh basically started just started record like grabbing all these games and then she also like after like collecting all these games so apparently when she was a kid she would get like hand-me-down games secondhand use games uh as a kid and so this was back I believe in the 70s um and so when a game would break she actually had to like break open the game and start to fix it and so while fixing those games that actually helped her start her career in being like an electrical engineer which is amazing because it's like well shit like if I can't buy new games and the one that breaks I gotta fix it like I'm gonna try to fix it so I thought it was kind of cool to see how her appreciation for it has manifested into a career uh, but also that she continues to collect all of these items like ongoing so I mean it's um I'm also really enjoy the fact that our collection is playable you know what I mean? I know mm-hmm. so so many collectors that will collect their items and then it's just like, no, like they're just to look at, like you can't play with them. But I feel like, you know, she was talking about like um, interacting with children and like having always like games available for them to play. So I just feel like um, it's 
her collection's like a living collection and it's one that's like still actively like being loved and used and appreciated yeah They're, it's like, all in good condition too like how she has everything yeah. stacked up in her like little room for all these games they're all in good like care apparently she has 15 1,599 LCD gaming systems and 2,430 playable gaming systems. And so today, which is, you know, July 9th of when this was reported on Kotaku of 2021, she was named, announced for the Guinness World Records. So like incredible, like it's incredible. It's a black woman where we're told that we're not allowed to be nerdy. We're not allowed to be nerdy. Stop playing them boy games. Those are for boys. They're for boys. Those are for boys. They're for boys. Lord, for the boys. And she's so nice. Just watch, watch the video. Like, her voice, she's so sweet. Like, I feel like she would adopt you. You know what I mean? I feel like you'd be just very welcome to come and play. Oh, absolutely. So, yeah, I'm drinking like, like milk and cookies or something. Ah, yes. Yeah. Yes. It, it kind of reminds me of like how, so for example, like the appreciation of video games gets so overshadowed by like a bunch of white bros all the time. And it's like, this is like a white person thing, which is not really the case because like, let's, let's think about like, there's this woman who loves these video games. Every time I'm in an arcade, I always see a bunch of black guys like r- running up on the games or black uh, black boys running up on the games, like, you know, trying to be the most competitive. I grew up playing video games because my uncle loved that shit. My uncle loved video games. And then we also forget that, you know, Channel F, I think is what, yeah, the gaming system by Jerry Lawson. Like no one talks about Channel F, how like Jerry Lawson has spent years and years and years trying to like create this game system, which was in re- so... And he, he was a man that created the system in New York. So it's like, there, there's a lot of hidden avenues of what Black people have done to contribute to the culture, but it's just been overshadowed by the, you know, the, what we call the majority. So it just, it just sucks, Ooh. but I'm glad that it's happening, that, that the, 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 the blinds are coming down and we're actually seeing like who has actually been involved with the processes and whatnot. Yes. The global majority. Have you been? Have you seen that meme now? Yes. No. Yes. I'm. Oh my gosh. Tell me. Uh, so it's just a meme where it's just like uh, a woman gets introduced to the phrase uh, "global majority" now instead of using like people of color. Oh yes, I have heard of. Because we are the global majority, so she's like, yeah, yeah you know, the global majority. And I was just like, love it. I love it. Snaps. Snaps. I like so saying good. that because then it really like takes out the fact that like like we're bigger in numbers and what people think, right? Even though the numbers are really topsided over in, in the United States, but if you actually put everything together as the world, even the unreported, like yeah, there's a lot of there's a lot of people of color out there. Um, so I really like yeah, that development. Especially when you start I, yeah, I love that development, and because it, it, it had tied into um, now, you know, we were talking about critical race theory before, but just like the idea that it's like they're not going to educate you about it in school, and if you don't hear about accomplishments coming from the global majority, then you think that your people have accomplished nothing or have are not relevant, um, and so by like using this new phrase 
it really makes you think, well, okay, then it can't be that the global majority is not accomplishing things or have not accomplished things or don't come from a, a you know, a great base or standard of science or mm-hmm. all of these things. So then you start doing your research and you start learning about how influential the Moors were and like what Europe was really looking like before people taught them about soap and whatnot. <laughs> so you know I'm, I'm here for the global majority we're here for it we're, we're yeah. rocking it that's what it's gonna be now on i'm curious to know how long that phrase might stay standing um because uh i like it i like it a lot it's not bipoc which is a statement that has been kind of like been watered not watered down but slowly diminishing out of the cultural um, relevancy because there, I heard there, there was a lot of issues with it. Um, so I'm curious to know how uh, the global majority will thrive. So I'm just, I, I, I'm basically just, I'm seeing it happen and I'm seeing it go for the ride, if that makes sense. Um, yeah. But yeah, um, but for other things, we do need to come to a close. Um, just a couple things to just kind of shout out real quick is that t- DJ Ty. Yokin uh, came out with a recent beat tape album called Lessons. Uh, the Lady Blurreds bump is also on it as well as part of the album. So please to definitely check it out and throw him and throw him, you know, some dollars, some some Benjamins, some some money and his flowers. Yeah, yeah, give him his flowers. He, uh, get that stuff off of Bandcamp. So it's it's pretty good. 